Well, hi. How you? How you doing? <laughs> Man. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 210 of Video Games Hot Dog, the podcast about video games that we do here in this room. It's very hot. How are you guys? Is it very hot? That's hot to me. It's, it's pretty warm here. I'm You're in a different, different room, room, though, Riff. Yeah. This doesn't count. Oh. No, unless we wouldn't it be wouldn't it be cute if we had if we each had a nest and we had the nests aligned so that they it, uh, they always kept us the same temperature all the time the I nest there's the a electronics device you can buy to do that yeah it, it only works in a very small space though <laughs> yeah most of them do the uh the apple watch could let us all feel each other's heartbeats that might be really confusing with four of us though oh yeah does that Really? Does that have like a remote pulse? Like it, it vibrates? Yep. That's incredible. Can you, is there an app for you to share your heartbeat with someone? Mm-hmm. I think it's actually a native function of the watch. That seems, I mean, I guess maybe like you'd learn if the, someone that you were being all cute with had some weird heart condition <laughs> that they weren't aware of. Sure. What have you guys been up to? Uh, today I went to, uh, to get the, a smog test for, uh, for Melissa's car. Mm. So she's, she's registering as a California resident and getting a California driver's license and registering the car in California and stuff mm. all in advance of her becoming a, uh, a professor at a state university. Uh, and doing that here in Portland. Yeah. So, uh, I went to the smog test place, which is a thing that you have to do, you know, to get your car registered. And I got there and I was like, it's going to be half an hour wait. So I said, like, fine, I'll get there. And I just sort of start reading on my phone and they do, they like, you know, finally get to my car and they put it up the on the thing and they do the test and get back. And the guy says, your car didn't pass, but it didn't fail either. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. And he's like, well, did, uh, did you get a new smog purgatory battery recently? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, we got a new car battery recently. He's like, yeah, your, um, your computer isn't ready to give us information yet. <laughs> and I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you're going to need to go drive this for a hundred more miles, uh, and then bring it back. And I'm huh. like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, I can certainly imagine the situation that would cause that to be true, right? Like, if the computer internally stored it, it stores the last, like, hundred miles worth of emissions yeah. data. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I, I no thought idea. these guys were, like, measuring the emissions. I thought that they would be measuring the emissions yeah, as well, I but mean, apparently like, like, not just trusting the information. That on, the whenever I got the emissions by. test in <clears throat> Arizona, they always, like... Hooked up, hook like, something up to yeah, your thing. Yeah. They do air into it and all. Both, though, right? They, so they 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 plug a thing into the computer and they put a thing into the tailpipe. Yep. When they do it on newer, like cars from like 1996 or later or whatever that that have the that kind of computer. So maybe they just need they need an instantaneous verification. So it's like getting your blood sugar checked, right? Yep. Like you get your your momentary fasting your blood sugar and level your blood. and also your hemoglobin A one C or whatever, which is the uh, the based on some shit that sticks to your red blood cells, like the average of your blood sugar over the last 90 days, which is how long it takes all your blood to die. <laughs> it's You could you can frame that a bunch of different ways. Yeah. <laughs> New blood. It's like if you make a blood golem, yeah. mm-hmm. it is going to last 90 days, 
and the last like you know say 30 of those it's only going to be operating at about a third strength <laughs> right it's, yeah but then it's after like that you've got a scab golem <laughs> At what point does the extra rage strength kick in? I guess it could also be collecting, depending on what kind of uh, what kind of uh, like equipment you outfit it with. It might be able to get blood from its victims. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it becomes but, a vampire, basically. Yeah, but that is somebody else's blood. Like, if you make a golem out of your own blood, yeah. I feel like you can control it, right? Just with your <laughs> will, right? Without a whole lot of effort. Ooh, yeah. Once oh, it's like yeah. once it starts drinking somebody else's blood, and what if like, you start like the fighting with the with the other person type. mentally, like? They have control over it. Maybe they don't realize it yet. So it's like, it's just following their commands, which they're ac- issuing accidentally while making coffee. So it's making like coffee motions. <laughs> oh, right. Because while you're instructing it to kill people. It didn't kill them. Right. Yeah. So it like, it, it just took some of their blood right. and then let them go about their morning routine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it was the wrong blood type, you'd get like golem preeclampsia. I, I don't think so though, because I, that, I think that all assumes that it has organs and stuff. I, I think you could. Probably just yeah, have whatever kind of just blood fight with itself. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not gonna like blood doesn't care if it's next to other blood. Where right? do the antibodies? The antibodies come from the blood, though, right? Like the what w- part of your body creates antibodies? Is it like your lymph nodes? Do your lymph nodes create antibodies? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, we got to figure this out before we can get this golem summoning spell finalized. <laughs> I was hoping to just hook up the API and let it run. <laughs> and then we need a Squarespace for golems. If you're O, if you're O negative, that that's what the universal donor, right? I don't know. I think. Did you I learn this so. from watching Mad Max? Yeah. I don't, I, don't uh, I, I don't know that I learned it from that. But from I, I've definitely heard positive. the phrase that O negative is the universal donor. I don't know what that actually means. Well, so it's. Positive means you're wait, RH positive or something like that. So you have what's, whatever kind of antigen or whatever the hell that thing is. Uh, and negative means you're not going to like. Negative means anybody can take that blood because you're not going to mess up anybody who's or who is a ne- who their body is negative. So that like if they don't have that factor, that blood factor, then it's. Um, then introducing it is bad. I, if I you okay. use uh, antigen as a martini mixer, you just end up with an explosion <laughs> instead of a martini. Uh, and then uh, AB is, ha- I, I don't actually know what the AB and the O are, but uh, they just feed a lot of different people, two different kinds of blood. And then they keep See, track of better. like their spending habits after they've yeah. <laughs> consumed the kind of blood. Yeah. But O is the absence of A and B, and it's, I think it's the same. Oh. the same deal. I think. Okay. So you can be either you can have either A, B, or both. So A B A B positive would be the the least the, compatible yeah, the, donor. It's the opposite of the universal donor. It's like the most specialized donor. Right. So the O negative, like the the the, the it might as well be the empty string donor because right. okay, just if there's know. nothing going on right. in your blood. It's just blood. Have you ever done like uh, data on the blood types of the the most like the creative dudes, yeah, the smartest people, the most creative people. That like, is there any kind of correlation there? Do you think? I don't know. Is that is that like eat right for your blood type diet book complete horse shit, or does it make any kind of sense? Griff, you've played Persona. Yeah, I was just yeah. gonna say the Japanese have that whole thing, sort of like horoscopes, except based on your blood type. Fascinating. The reason I I, mentioned, I bring this up is that you've probably played it enough that you 
have internalized what the the, the different letters actually no, mean no to them. No idea. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> I never even figured that out in the least. <laughs> anyway, I, I I I ended up driving the car not a hundred miles, but I ended up taking it on the highway, and uh, Melissa like looked up the <clears throat> the owner's manual, and there was a nine step process for uh, resetting that data. Um, which we didn't do most of the steps, but apparently that was, it was fine. But the, the idea is you need to, it needs to drive in a certain set of conditions for a while. Um, including like oh. highway driving at, at a, at, at like a constant speed for a while. And then you need to like be on the highway and like have the accelerator at the same level, regardless of speed, you know, like whether or not you're going up a hill. You need to be a getaway car and a bank heist. Yeah. <laughs> you it's, need to. It's like that SGDQ run where the guy had to get every single achievement in Minecraft in less than an hour. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a lot of things, right? Because that's the yeah, whole like, like tech, tech tree. things, I think, yeah. And one of them Does one is of them, like, one of killing the Ender Dragon. Yeah, killing the Ender Dragon, killing a Wither, uh, standing for at least a couple of seconds in every single biome. How hmm. can you kill the? I guess it, you have to like glitch it out, right? Because there's no way you could. He killed it by um, by exploding beds on it. <laughs> there's an Easter egg where if you try and sleep in a bed in either the Nether or in the End. It, explodes and does a massive amount of damage and it turns out the ender dragon can take damage from that if you right click a bed at exactly the moment that the ender dragon is flying past it did the player also take damage from this he he avoided most of the damage from it by planting an obsidian block between himself and the bed and just sort of peeking around it That's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's it's kind a of pretty ridiculous. cool run, actually. Yeah, yeah, I kind of want to watch this if it's only an hour. Did <clears throat> did anybody end up with like a highlights list from Summer Games Done Quick this year? Uh, I don't have a highlights list, but I know they're all on YouTube. Well, but uh, everything is on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> um. Start with Chala Rain. The yeah. all of recorded history. Yeah, it's the, just everything. I know uh, all of recorded history from two thousand nine on. <laughs> I know Games Done Quick is the name of the particular YouTube account. Uh, it's sorted by number of views. Does anyone else have any cool, cool anecdotes, or should we do some listeners' mails? Sure. Uh, Elfin writes, So one data point about Alan Hazelden. I bought and enjoyed Sokobond after hearing about it on Video Games Hot Dog, but a good snowman is hard to build does not ring a bell, despite you guys presumably talking about it a few times. Huh. Not sure what that says about video games marketing, but it does seem to correspond to the sales figures you quoted last show. I mean, certainly the game space has gotten significantly more crowded in between the time that Sokobond and A Good Snowman is Hard to Build came out, which is going to create that problem. Right. I feel like we, I don't know, I guess we probably talked about the Snowman game less than we talked about. Its its name is longer, and so it's easier to overlook, I think, as well, especially in an audio podcast. Yeah. His new The new game that he's working on, this puzzle script game, is really interesting and um i it's not i don't really it's not gonna be for sale anywhere i think but i think it is a really ambitious really cool thing it's like an open world puzzle game kind of in puzzle script (laughs) so it's not it's not that's probably if you actually played it you'd be like that does not make that doesn't sound right at all but it it kind of is and it's kind of great winter bay writes 
Uh, on AlphaBear, I find it interesting to hear you talk about your issues on the iOS version of the game, which so far has received one update, when the Android version has received five or so updates with loads of rebalancing. Well, that's great. When your platform is completely unconstrained bullshit, you have a <laughs> lot of freedom to do a lot of things really quickly. <sighs> that fe- that felt I think like it, that using... question felt like it had an agenda. No, so I, I think decided they're using to respond. The Android, they're using the Android audience to like get some good data and then pushing that out in a in an iOS patch because the iOS patches take seven to 10 days from their right. submission. Well, I suspect that they're pushing them out simultaneously. And then Apple is just getting around to the, uh, are they not, are they not they're trying not, to, there's only, there, there are only two updates. One of which is still in the queue. Okay. Um, yeah, I, it, I mean, it's still frustrating bullshit. So it's not yeah. that much better on Android. I wonder what would have been involved in having more of the game uh, balance actually stored on the server and have like, cause it has to make contact with the server anyway. Cause that's where it stores all the data about like which bears are awake. Yeah. That would probably be pretty smart so that they could rebalance it on the fly. Yeah. But like when you start a game, it gets tile values and it gets board layouts and yeah. Cause those are just rarities for bears files. Rarities. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that, seems and then like that would be way more of a justification for it, it being, being online, always yeah. online. There are, there are, there are cloud sourcing all of this computing power to figure right. out how to make the turds move down the pipes. Uh, Elfin writes, Thanks for posting puzzletheory.asymmetric.net. This is great. Do you have any insights slash tips for coming up with puzzles? I once set making uh, I once set about making one new puzzle a week for a couple of months, but it got increasingly harder to come up with original ideas as time went on. You have to get over your <laughs> insistence that every idea be original. If you're going to do something for the long haul, I have found, like in any creative endeavor, yeah. in the only one that I've ever done for the long haul. The, the other thing there is that your the ideas you think are original actually aren't. You just haven't seen them before. They're out there. You just haven't seen them. I had an idea and then immediately saw a mystery hunt puzzle that was a much better implementation of that idea that I had. Oh, yeah, but that's okay. But it's but Jesus, it's okay. Just make an easy version of it for normal people. This was actually in the round of puzzles from the mystery hunt that was easy puzzles for normal people. Oh, okay. I, so I've been thinking about this a lot because it I've does been, actually. It's from last year's hunt. It's the the school of fish round. It's like sixty puzzles, all of which are pretty easy, and they're great. Huh. Are they easy or are they now? easy? Easy. Say what? Are, are those publicly available they now? Are yeah. yeah. Um, they're 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 easy. They're like they're meant to like people were solving them in one or two like in mystery hunt teams were solving them in one or two minutes. How do they? Okay, so. Groups of a hundred of the smartest people in the world were solving them in one minute. Yep. How do they compare to a Monday New York Times crossword puzzle? Easier than that. Okay. How do they compare to a puzzled pint puzzle? They're on the par with a puzzled pint puzzle. Okay. Would you? So I've been some puzzled pint. Puzzles. I've been thinking about this as as I've been like spending a lot of time messing around with your your Twitter puzzles and like just thinking like because I know you pretty well and I know the way that you design things and I know the way that you think about things and seeing. Your attempts at like a difficulty scaler, yeah. right, is is interesting to me. There, there. I think that your Twitter puzzles available online at twitter.com/slash/puzzletheory. <laughs> there is a, there is a class of person who is not like a puzzle person, right, mm-hmm. but who enjoys 
crossword puzzles, say, or likes solving a Sudoku or whatever. Like, it is mystifying to me that Sudokus are so popular. Like, but there is clearly, like, there is, there is a category of person who is definitely smart enough to do easier mystery hunt style puzzles, who is smart enough to do puzzled pint style puzzles. Right. But is not interested in doing so. Sure. And I have been, I have been spending a lot of time lately thinking about like what is the difference between those two things. And I have a theory that I came up with today based on today's your puzzle. So this is your puzzle theory? Yes. This is my puzzle theory. (laughs) I feel like when you are solving a puzzle, and I and I and I, I think that this is not this when is a person, non, the, the, the when you Kevin are oh. solving a puzzle when I Zach am solving a puzzle, we think about the person who made the puzzle, mm-hmm. and we feel as though we are playing a game with them. We feel as though there is a friendly antagonism that we hope is between people of equal ability, and that we hope is executed fairly. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think that regular people think of a crossword puzzle as like a contest that they're voluntarily entering into with Will Shorts. Mm-hmm. So when you do things like you did with today's puzzle, where maybe this was not deliberate, but today's puzzle seemed like you were trying to trick the solver into having an incorrect insight because say four of the five words had a very important thing in common, had a number of very important things in common, which had nothing to do with the actual contents of the puzzle. Okay. There are not a lot of words that are outside that, that don't make it really obvious. I think it would have made it too easy if you had used many of the other words that, that were not like this is, this is going to be so old by the time this comes out. The puzzle was something about words that a lot of compound words have in common. Okay. Right? A a property that it is very easy for a word to exhibit if it is a compound word and very hard for a word to exhibit if it is not. And four of your five words were compound words. There are six. There are always six words. There are always six words? Why do I always think that there are five? That's so interesting. It's five out of your six. You did kind of the same thing yesterday. Right. There was one that was just there was one word that was categorically different from all of the others. And I know that sometimes you select those because you are trying to, like, provide a counterpoint to what someone might think the rule is. But especially as it gets towards the end of the week, it seems like you are starting to deliberately mislead the player, which is a thing that happens in puzzles that are designed for puzzle assholes and i think it is a thing that people who just want to solve a crossword puzzle and not be tricked aren't going to be into do you think there are people who do every day of the new york times crossword except for sunday because sunday is some bullshit for assholes maybe okay yes like I feel like I know a lot of people who only do the Sunday. I'm not. Well, yeah, like that's that's me. I, I only care. And that's a, that's a weird, like sort of goofy. It's always goofy. Yeah. Right. And so if you don't like that sort of like playful, antagonistic, weird secret kind of thing, then maybe you're not going to like that. Right. But 
I'm not trying to, I, I have not been trying to deliberately lead people astray. Like I, things might be accidental or I'm like, it might be a, a byproduct of the way that I chose to construct something. Or... So five of the six words today were compound words where the first word in the compound word was a noun. And the second word in the compound noun the compound word was a verb. Okay. And did you know, did you realize that that was not part of my, it, because that felt like an extremely misleading thing. It felt like a deliberately misleading thing. It felt like an antagonistic thing, which to me, it's like, okay, well, Kevin is designing this puzzle. Kevin wants the solver of the puzzle to be challenged. Right. Right. Kevin wants the solver of the puzzle to be like a kindred spirit who wants the same level of challenge. And so it felt like a move to me. I guess if it wasn't, then my my puzzle theory puzzle theory has fallen apart <laughs> before it's even reached the first. Story. I am I am worried that I will produce a puzzle that has two totally valid uh, solution sets, and that someone will submit something, and I'll be like, "No, that's not right," and they're like, "I think the most interesting thing about this conversation is that you didn't realize that that pattern existed." Yeah. So that is actually evidence that like. There could have, if, if all six of those words had followed that formula, that would be a valid alternate solution. Yes, and I totally, like, if someone points that out to me, then I totally would have accepted that as a valid, because I really hate the, like, Mensa puzzles where, right. you know, which which one of these is best, and you can come up with justifications for any of them. That, there was actually, in the, I linked to, like, a puzzle blog that somebody had posted uh, that was... I guess they do a puzzle every other Monday or something. And one of them was like, which of these things is, doesn't belong. And it was a series of five different objects. And you could come up with rationales for each of those five things being the one that doesn't belong. Oh, is this the thing with the shoes? It wasn't. This was abstract shapes. It was like a red square with a black border. There was some similar thing you showed me recently that was like a puzzle for kids from one of Melissa's. Oh, that was it. Yeah, that was an actual like like uh, a, psych- a, psychological, a psychological measure test. thing and yeah. it was just baffling like nobody <laughs> that that we pr- showed the that one to could actually come up with the answer like that's just a bad question especially for something that's supposed to assess is that like the, the test to see if you're a sociopath <laughs> no, this one was I write not. the story about the woman at the funeral <laughs> right is that yeah that's <laughs> what is that story Ah, shit. I I don't remember it well enough to... to it, like, like, okay, so the, I, I think I do. Okay, go for it. So, uh, a, a, a woman, or I guess it could be anybody, but in the story, it's a woman meets um, someone she really likes at this funeral, um, but doesn't, n- never found out who he was. Okay. Uh, doesn't really know anybody else at the funeral. Um. Oh, I, I don't remember the details, but shit, this is... Their yeah, family th- relationships are described in the beginning. Okay. Like, a okay. woman goes to her aunt's funeral, meets a guy that she really hits it off with and wants to marry, let's say, leaves without getting his number accidentally, and then a week later, she kills her mother. Why? Right, and the the, oh, huh. the premise of this is that if you can explain why you are also a sociopath. <laughs> or, or you just is, have is this an actual theory of mind. No, no this it's is a, not. This it's, is it's, some it's an apocryphal. Yeah, yeah this it's, is like... 
<clears throat> that's like the idea is that if, you, if you are, I think, is a psychopath, not a sociopath. Okay, okay. I also, I'm pretty sure the word psychopath doesn't actually mean anything diagnostically anymore. <laughs> but if if it occurs wow. to you so that there will be another funeral, so that she can meet the guy again, oh, then you I are see. also a murderous psychopath. Holy and if it doesn't occur to you, then you're probably okay, <laughs> right? Uh, wow. Like. But wow. and that's the thing, like it's so compelling that it spread as though it were a thing. That's that, awesome. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Dang. Huh. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. How do we get there from <laughs> puzzles? <laughs> uh, psychology tests. Oh uh, yeah, tests yeah, yeah. That So your abstract sh- shapes thing that every other Monday. Right. Puzzle. And so I was saying that that one that that was uh, pointed out as like somebody constructed this because they hate those kinds of puzzles. And this one specifically has any number of possible answers. Uh, but one, but one that might be the best answer is the one that doesn't, that actually isn't different from all the others in a, in a specific way. Um, that's the, like the, it's the, it's the odd one out because it's not odd in any other obvious way. Oh, so it's like set kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, you know, I, it is, there is definitely going to be a point where I make a puzzle where there's, there's, you know, maybe already one of the puzzles that I've already made has, has an alternate solution, which is totally valid. And I just don't know it. Um, I think that you, I, I am so happy that you're doing this. Like, it's such a great thing. And it seems to really be appealing to a large cross section of mm-hmm. people until it gets too hard. At which point it stops. People just quit paying attention. But maybe that's fine, right? A lot of people. I asked people if they pre- would prefer it to just be easy every day or or like accessible every day, and people kept saying they wanted. The only people that responded were like, "Let's have it progress." Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of those people are just fine with not being able to solve a lot of the puzzles. Yeah. Right. I don't get really frustrated with the ones that I can't solve. I, yeah. Like I get a little frustrated and then I'm like, eh, all right, I give up. Like I don't, I, I'm not going to spend a bunch more time banging my head against this. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think, just, I, I think look at not. them and if I see it, then great. And if I don't, I don't spend much time banging my head on it. They're not fair if you don't get the insight relatively yeah. quickly because there's, you just might never, right? Like, and that's yeah, because it really could be anything. Yeah, right. The the that was why I was having so much trouble with them to begin with. Is the first few? It's like I don't, I do not yet understand what the domain of each of these puzzles might be. Right now, I do. I mean, now that I've now that I've solved you know six or seven of them legitimately, I understand what kinds of things you're doing with them. This is neat. I hope you keep doing it, and I hope it I hope it becomes something larger. I mean, I'll I know just, you're not necessarily interested in it becoming something larger, but keep I think doing it as long as I can. And I am also, I'm going to keep writing software <laughs> when, support it. when you make a puzzle that I recognize is of a type that I could write software to automatically generate puzzles of that type. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing that. You've given me several ideas of like different ways that I could construct puzzles, which I appreciate. So that, that will help, I think, broaden, you know, broaden the, you the and pool. I are a pretty fucking good team. <laughs> If I come up anyway, with any more dumb joke versions of your puzzles. Oh, God, that was so good. <laughs> Riff, I, you brightened my morning. So I, oh, I, I pleased myself way too much. With <laughs> I was laughing well. out loud here in my apartment at just the idea of the word humpsichord. <laughs> <laughs> 
back day Ray Bogart. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So good. Has anyone played any video games? Uh, unfortunately, I have played pretty much no video games this week. I, I watched a bunch of anime and played with some Legos, but that was it. What kind of Legos? Uh, I'm doing the... Uh, the I've forgotten what the name of the line is. It's the one where they use those square base plates, and it's an elaborate building that sets on it, and you can link them together to make a city street. Oh, like the old ta- the old timey Main time, Street yeah. USA kind of thing. I'm yeah, doing the uh, Parisian Cafe. Ooh, ooh, la la! Documenting this anywhere? No, I'll, I'll probably post a picture of it on Twitter or something when I'm done. Does it have a man in a beret? Uh, not yet. It has a guy, it has a chef in a chef hat holding a knife violently. In a knife hat? Yeah. Does it have a man in a, well, it's violently because you put it in his hand backwards, right? So. <laughs> yeah. Does it have a man in a striped shirt? Uh, not yet, but there is a lady on a, um, uh, uh, not a moped. What's that thing that's like a moped? Like except a, it's like a, a Vespa? Scooter? Vespa, yeah, a scooter. A Vesta? <laughs> Uh, is she a Vespal virgin? <laughs> Does other baguettes everywhere? Uh, also, not yet. I haven't gotten into the accessories parts, though. I'm still basically doing like the foundation. Okay. Is, Are there it, any is the foundation just or anything? Skulls. <laughs> that would be good. No, but oh, there's wow, a secret. Yeah. There's a secret passage in the detective agency one. Which is great. Yeah, doesn't that one have like a mystery to solve? Like- yeah, kind of. It was super weird because there's. There's like a little newspaper box on the sidewalk, and it and it shows like a mugshot of a guy wearing a baseball cap. And then later in the book, you get to the part where you're putting together the back alley, and there's a trash can, and it has you put a baseball cap in the trash uh, can. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. So, related, I've been messing, like, I'm finally using Unity as intended, which is using the editor to actually, like, build content. a 3d scene uh and downloading uh asset packs out of that out of the unity asset store and like everything that's free yeah placing all, all these like i'm putting buildings together to make a city block and then decorating the buildings with stuff it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. it's like it, virtual legos yeah 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 and then like the other side of it is like uh, f- figuring out how to make like lighting and shadowing work without horrible artifacts is mm-hmm. is is something you don't have to deal with when you're dealing with Legos. Trying usually. to figure out how to make an ancient sunken labyrinth without horrible artifacts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, well, that too. Yeah. Oh man, why would you want that? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Like, what's the point? <laughs> I'm learning about shadow acne. Shadow acne. What? Yeah, that's a that's a <laughs> just Google image search. That sounds it. the worst. <laughs> <laughs> My what, what is it? Oh, it's uh, when when an object when a surface is casting a shadow on itself, like it's a glitch where that happens. Oh, and so it, it gets like sort of something a, to do with its like bump map. Well, it, even like when it's it just a flat darkened. surface, like oh. it's just the light is like, oh, this is in the way. So there's like little weird ripply glitches on the of light and shadow on the surface. Mm, ripply glitches. And yeah, you 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 fix it by like. <laughs> By uh, adjusting like the the size of the virtual size of the object by making it slightly smaller, 
so it can't cast a shadow on itself. Mm. We had to pretend that everything in uh, West of Loathing was slightly sunk into the ground so that their shadows <laughs> would make sense. Right. Uh, they're still drawn above the ground, which is a thing that I cannot wrap my head around. I mean, I can, right? <laughs> but it's still, it's fucking weird. So they're they're only slightly in, into the ground. Well, here's the problem. The ground for the, so, from the what, perspective of the light. When I draw art assets for this game, I put a little line that represents their intersection with the ground. Right. And then that line ends up casting a shadow, which makes no fucking sense <laughs> at all. So the programmer who was like, I gotta figure out how to make this bullshit into something like quasi normal figured out, all right, if we just sink them a little bit into the ground, then only the part of them that is above the actual ground plane will cast a shadow, and then it won't look absurd. But the line is supposed to show up visually? Yeah. I mean, that's just what it means for something to be... That's how you know where the ground is in Kingdom of Loathing. Okay. (laughs) In the weird 3D, 2D representation that I'm accustomed to doing. The game is not going to have shadows most of the time. No, no, no. Yeah, it's only when you're, like, in a cave. Or whatever. Oh. It just was looking really weird in those yeah. situations. So West of Loathing has caves. It does, and yeah. mines. It has probably mostly mines. Okay. But, but yeah. Well, mines mines are built into caves a lot of the time, right? Don't, are they? Don't, don't, like, won't there be like, you'll see some gold in a cave, and you'll be like, I'm turning this into a mine. I would say a mine is a subset of a cave. Huh. A subset of a cave. Hmm. Is either of them a taco? <laughs> Apparently, there was a Judge John Hodgman where it was comprehensively argued whether or not a hot dog counts as a taco, oh. and I need to track that down. Yeah, and you see do. Pretty where sure they there was one about whether or not whether chili was super stew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I remember that from the Jordan Jesse Go show, oh, but I think there's it's its own podcast. Jordan now. Jesse Gosh. Gosh, I'll say. I played a bunch of the Magic Circle. I didn't play a bunch yeah. of it. I played like an hour of it. And what do you think? It is a game that I really expected to like a lot. And I bounced off of it pretty hard. I got like an hour in. It is a game about moving around in a sort of in an unfinished video game that they're in the process of working on. And who are you as a player? You are just a like a beta tester. Okay. Maybe are you like an intern? I I did not remember? I did not play far enough to for that really to become clear. It felt to me like you might be somebody who was not supposed to be there. But I don't I don't really know. But you're like a beta tester and then you you know you undergo something where it's like all right, now they don't know you're here anymore, so you're sort of outside the system and you gain the ability to like take attributes from things that are running around in the environment and then apply them to other things that are running around in the environment. So it's like hack and slash. It is, but, but like a very a very like pared down more sort of systemic version of it. It sounded so good, but it just I find it very directionless and also your progress is constantly halted so that you can be frozen in place while you just watch a cutscene of like these voices in the sky talking to each other and advancing the plot, which I just wish wasn't there. And also so much of it, there's a, there's huge sections of the game and I have no idea how much of it I've even seen. Like I'm an hour in and I think it's like, I looked at how long to beat and it's like three hours. I'm like, "Ah, fuck, I ought to probably just like power through this so that I can see what they're doing with it. But there's a lot of it that is intended to be an homage to system shock one so it just looks like fucking garbage and i it hurts it hurts me to like be moving around in like 
But you like System Shock 1. No. You don't like System Shock 1? No. System Shock 2 is fine. System Shock 1 is like... There is nothing that you can do that makes me as, like, physically disgusted. This is probably not true. This thing that I'm about to say <laughs> is probably entirely not true. But something something that bothers me that doesn't bother anyone else is when pixel art is rendered onto, a, like, a quad in 3D space. I thought you played Minecraft. Well, wow, why doesn't that, why yeah. doesn't that do this? Wow, you're totally right. What the fuck? What did they do right in Minecraft that made this not a thing? When, I mean, maybe it is because everything is always at right angles to everything else in Minecraft. Oh, yeah. So you don't end up with, like, gross fucking sub-pixel rendering of pixel art. Like, Hotline Miami exhibits this, and it is fucking disgusting to look at, in addition to all of the other ways in which it's disgusting, meant to be gross. Like, I know that Hotline Miami is meant to be like, oh, the color palette is bad or whatever, and it's meant to be, like, off-putting, but it looks revolting. I cannot stand to look at it. There I, I was some that's on purpose, too. There was I some really web do. game. Yeah, but I don't think it's the, I don't think the things that bother me about it are the things that bother <laughs> other people about it. It's the, like, oh, what, well, this just, the camera's drifting a little bit, and so a bunch of aliasing lines just slide along every angled line. I mean, all I do think that like they, if That's they wanted the to yeah. make it like be more palatable, they could have used a, um, just full screen on aliasing or something. Yeah. Or like a, a, a better uh, scaling shader. I think the, the nearest neighbor stuff, that's very deliberate. So much of the magic circle just is this gross, like, you know, PS one era, low poly, like just shaded polygon 3d stuff. That's just, I, I hate it. A lot of it's not like that, but then like the things that you bring with you from there still look like that when you get them out into the larger world. And so it's, there's also it goes just through a different eras of graphical yeah. fidelity. Yeah. yeah because yeah. they're, they, they'd be, the idea is they've been working on the game for a really long time. So there's old parts of it that are like when it was a space game and now it's a fantasy game. And like, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, but isn't it thematically a sequel to a text adventure? I think it started as a text adventure. Okay. Do you start off in a parser? No. Like, I don't know that you see that, but they talk about it. Okay. Because they talk a lot. There's a lot of times where you're just frozen and you watch these fucking eyeballs in the sky. That's that are really upsetting. Why to it sucks. stop you instead of just having that while you're moving around? I don't know. It sucks. Huh. And it's, I just, it's so off-putting. I can't. Blech. I'm really intrigued by the idea of it. The systemic stuff seems really interesting, like the ability like to just take attributes off of things and then put them onto other things. Like it's very difficult to tell, like because it is so flexible because of the insane sort of combinatorics of what is possible to do by just saying like, all right, this now I can take the ability to move around and the ability to like have enemies and do a melee attack and I can give it to a rock. So now this rock has legs and like spikes in the front of it and it will just slam into things, right? It exacerbates the problem of like not knowing whether you have the tools to solve a puzzle or not. Because you can rub so many things against so many other things. Yeah. And it's great that it supports all that and that those things manifest in ways that are funny in ways that are interesting in ways that work and are supported you know and we're clearly like they thought of this and that's neat you know 
it's always neat when you try a weird thing in a game and it's like oh they thought of this like yeah. that's why counterfeit monkey was so good you know but in this it's I don't know the fact that you're just in this big 3D space it kind of reminded me of that game that I don't remember the name of that I think we might have played as an assignment where you're walking around in like an abstracted kind of Tron world and there's all these music and sequencer puzzles oh, that came out yeah. like a year ago um, Fract 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 OSC yeah, yeah. yeah. like Okay, well, like, there is too much walking around for how much interesting shit there is in between the walking around, and... And you don't... The environment is not interest compelling enough to keep you interested? I don't know that there is any such thing as an environment that is compelling enough to keep you interested in, like, there being a uneventful five-minute walk between two opportunities to play the game I, I mean I used to walk around World of Warcraft and just look around so maybe I'm unusual. I feel like what you just described is most horror games hmm. well yeah if you I mean if it's if it's using that to build atmosphere I mean I guess Skyrim is kind of like that but I mean Skyrim is also like there's there's always the possibility that something will happen and you're always moving toward a thing that you know like you you always have the here's a box you haven't opened yet like here's a little unfilled in triangle on your radar like you don't necessarily know how far away it is but it's probably pretty close you can probably get there in a minute or two and that for whatever reason just sort of sustains that in a way that here it's like well i don't know what anything is going to be when i get there so like maybe it's just another puzzle that i can't solve because i haven't found the one thing that has the right property to be able to do this in a way that's obvious i I really wish that i liked the game because it sounded so great to hear people talk about it maybe i should try to push past it i wonder if you had built it up too high in your imagination before you played it yeah maybe i i think the 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 part where you're frozen in place while people talk to you would be that would be a deal breaker for me no matter how much no matter what i was expecting from the they're game. not even talking to you they're talking to each other Oh, good. That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> At least the voice acting is good. Yeah. Yeah, it's got that guy from the Venture Brothers. Uh, I would be happy if you pushed through and would talk about the rest of the game. Yeah, I'll try. I guess. For you. For you, Jim, <laughs> he'll do it. Oh, that's so sweet. I played something else too. There, oh, uh, good fuck is it? Might and Magic. No, there is a there is this like free to play collectible card game thing that I think might be a Might and Magic. Yeah, it is in fact a Might and Magic branded game, and I don't remember what it's called, but it's on. It just popped up in my Steam feed, and it's like they were trying to compete with Hearthstone by making something that was really off-puttingly mechanically complex. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was kind of interesting. I stuck with it longer than I stuck with the new Magic Duels of the Planeswalkers game, which they have transitioned that. Like, my understanding is, and this is from having this told to me by a number of different people, they're not they've figured out that the core sets that they do every couple of years were not really serving anyone. Like they're not really good for new people because for new people, all of it is new and they're not good for old people. Cause for old people, why do you need to reduce complexity and options? So 
this most recent origin set is the last like sort of equivalent of the core set and the way that they're onboarding people into the game is with the duels of the planeswalker game games that they had been putting out every year now they have decided that there's only going to be one of those that they're going to update as time goes by and i was like all right cool i want to play this but the the sort of tutorialization that they did where it was like, all right, we're going to have you play a whole bunch of games of magic where we slowly introduce new mechanics. It was just like, I don't, I don't want to play baby 12 games of baby magic to figure out. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can. And I just didn't see it, but it was like, you know, like, and I have played through the last like few years worth of Duels of the Planeswalkers because at that point it's like, all right, well, once a year I'll go in and I'm like, oh, I'll play a couple hours of this to get really into the swing of it. And then another couple hours to like, you know, see what there is to see. I mean, I like the idea of like, this is you're playing against this weird theme deck, you know, because you're like in a situation in the world where, oh boy, there sure are a lot of rats in this toilet. And so you're playing <laughs> against a deck where it's all rats, but like... Yeah, I don't know. It's just you're, it was you're so a toilet slow. You just want to go to the bathroom. You have to kill the rats first. Right, right. Did uh, have you been keeping up with the Hearthstone weekly tavern brawl? Yeah, or? no, I like I sort of haven't bothered mentioning Hearthstone. It kind of goes without saying that I also have just been playing a lot of Hearthstone <laughs> all the time. Yeah, they they haven't been like amazing. There was the one where you just picked a class and it was like a deck of a bunch of that class's spells and then unstable portals. So it was just like you spend two mana to get a creature that you can then cast for three less than its cost at random. It's a random creature. Mm. And that's awesome. And that was a lot of fun. This one, every this week's that started today, every time you cast a spell, you it summons a random creature with that spell's casting cost. So everything is kind of double duty. Wow. Like you just get a bunch of random minions. Um, but boy, I just lost and lost and lost. Like I just was not, uh, I think I was picking bad classes cause I was trying to also like do my daily quest to mm. win two games with either a priest or a warlock and neither priest or warlock was particularly well suited for this tavern brawl. It is, it is so neat that they're able to try out different rule sets this way. And it honestly kind of feels like, like this is a thing that every week is available from like Wednesday to Saturday. And I wonder if that's just because they noticed like fewer people were playing the game from Wednesday to Saturday. And so they just started doing this weird feature that you could only mess with then. That seems like the kind of thing that, you know, uh, Metrics driven company, company like Blizzard would do. I don't. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't seem like they're super metrics driven, actually. But oh, they're probably very metrics driven. Really? Yeah, they probably get a lot of data and actually analyze it, and then think about how that impacts what they do. Right? I don't think they are gonna panic and offer a bunch of free cards to people that are not playing or whatever you know like i think i think they take that data and like mull over it for a while but if people just weren't playing at the end of the week then it seems like a thing they would yeah i mean that's just my you know that's just my sort of conspiracy theory about what that means why they would do that i mean why they would do it at the particular dates you know at the particular restrictions so i mean we read something about how they estimate that Hearthstone is making like $20 million a month. Yeah. Wow. Which 
that seems pretty great. Damn. Except, like, I mean, so it's a very small team, right? It was, yeah. It was, at least, yeah. You know, World of Warcraft, even with 6 million subscribers, is making, you know, 60 to $90 million a month, depending. I mean, it depends on how they count those, right? If they're counting, right. like, Asian subscribers that don't actually pay the $13 a month or whatever. Yeah, but, that was a... They never broke that down when they would give numbers on subscriber numbers, so I'm pretty sure it, it's it does not work out in the their highest. favor. Yeah. Well, I mean, it works out in their favor in terms of them making tens of millions of dollars They're a certainly month for over a decade, dollars, right? Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. What have you been playing, Jim? I've been work- workshopping this joke in my head where... <laughs> where, like, you know... The, the trick where you cut a hole in the bottom of a bucket of popcorn and stick your dick in it. Mm-hmm. Like, I was trying to think of, like, workshopping this situation where, like, a guy doesn't understand the the concept and he's, like, he tries to do it with, like, a, with a, a with the, um, the extra large soda instead. <laughs> and, like, he keeps spilling out into his lap. But I'm not sure where to go from there. Like, that might be the whole thing. You guys are pretty funny. I got some real deja vu from you <laughs> saying this. Are you sure you didn't tell us this joke already? Almost See, certainly. I feel like that's not so much a joke as just a thing you would say where it's like, oh yeah, like that trick at the movie theater where you stick your dick through a hole in the bottom of your soda and then you would just move on and like let it, you know, it's more, it's more of the like thing that you okay. let, you let it happen in somebody else's head. All right. Yeah. And then, and then they feel funny because they came up with the joke. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a. Uh, that's some real like Gandhi style humor. Like sometimes, I mean, you can't always like. Not every joke is going to result in glory, right? Some of it, oh, yeah. some of it just has to get out of there, get out there, and improve the world like on its own. Yeah, yeah. I no, that's that's great. I that's 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 changing my view of comedy. My train of thought uh, was more along the lines of wanting to do the trick where you cut a hole for your dick in the bottom of a bucket of popcorn, but you were at home watching movies alone, so you had to use a bag of microwave popcorn instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty good, too. Or like a glass bowl. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's like uh, saw. It's, it's just... It's just like, <laughs> Jesus. Ugh. And, and you've got a, a fetish for gla- glass bowls, so you you can't go flaccid. Uh. <laughs> um, God, you made it uh, weird, Jim. I've been playing uh, Super Win the Game by Kyle Pittman. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. How's that? It's pretty good. I, I found out he was David Pittman's brother, twin brother, I think. Oh wow. Okay, yeah. Well, either that or. David Pittman has a different twin brother. Well, who knows? They they are remarkably similar looking. They make video games. Yeah, they both make video games. Yeah, I, I've been enjoying it. It's what kind of game is it? It is a exploration Platform? platformer. Um, so it, like a La Mulana like it. It takes well. It's it's a lot easier than La Mulana. Um, but so like a La Mulana light. It's. <laughs> It takes its cues from um, a bunch of different NES games, including like having the like one of the most elaborate, not elaborate, but like what most well loved uh, CRT filters I've ever seen. Like the most like carefully thought out and imp- and and thoroughly implemented. 
and there's like one of the pages of the options is like 20 sliders to adjust various um aspects of the crt like scan simulations and blur and yeah yeah neat. yeah yeah that sort of thing and like i would just turn them all off all i want is perfect pixels you can you can do that good um and it's it i would say it's probably most similar to zelda 2 except without any of the combat um there's an overworld where you're running around and entering towns and entering dungeons and speaking to townsfolk and exploring dungeons and getting power-ups um but no, nothing to fight there are things to avoid but nothing to fight huh um how long has this game been out i don't know well so there was win the game right and then there was or you have to win the game and then there's it's super it's, you have to win the game or something yeah it's super win the game is i mean it's it's a follow-up do you have to win the game right. um i think it's been like just the past couple of years okay it might not it might even honestly be uh early access for all i know i think it's out i think it's actually out um but yeah i've, I've been enjoying it it's not like it's definitely not like a it doesn't really cohere for me into something that like is I'm, I feel like compelled to to see through to the end. I've been playing it because it's like kind of an enjoyable way to pass the time and I feel relax. Like I felt that way about Shovel Knight. Like it didn't really get its hooks into me. I re- really respect what it was going for, yeah. and I had fun with my time with it. But yeah, I think well, Shovel Knight has the advantage of having really amazing music. Um, or so I thought at least, and that's what, that's what pulled me through that game. Um, but yeah, I think that's a pretty good comparison. Well, and then the, the disadvantage that, um, super win the game has, uh, with regard, other than the music is that it is fully nonlinear, fairly non-directed. So you're kind of just exploring the world and finding things. And like, I've, I've, it's it kept me going, but I definitely don't really have a good sense of what I'm trying to do in the game, um, or what my next goal should be, and so I end up just making a goal, which is like go over here and see what's there, and that's been fine so far. But I feel like eventually that's gonna like I'm gonna run out of ideas with that regard, and I don't know if there's gonna be uh, a gameplay pull for to replace it. Is it good about letting you know where there are things you haven't done and uh, how you might go to proceed to find something new? Yeah, yeah. There, um, There is actually a... There's a fortune teller who will tell you, like, here's where you should go next. Oh, that's cool. So I guess there's that. Um, uh, one of the things it does is it tells you how many uh, gems there are left to find in the current region, which is good. Um, yeah, I'd forgotten about the fortune teller until you asked that question. That actually kind of answers my, uh, previous complaint, but I've been, yeah, I've been enjoying it. I, I'm, I feel like I'm about halfway through, although I don't know like why I feel that way. I feel like it's, it's just like a sense of how big the world is. And I've been playing for like two hours. Hmm. I'll, I'll probably, uh, I'll probably see it through to the end. I'll, if, if there is in fact an end. Oh, you've made me want to buy it and play it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good at um evoking the nostalgia of old platformers. Um there's a lot of uh 
there's a a lot of direct allusions to many different it, it, it's a weird the amalgamation of different uh it's not like it's inspired by a single nes game it's actually a bunch of different ones does it avoid the just sort of crass reference for reference sake i, I think that's it's it's never like it, it never like elbows you in the ribs about it if that's what you mean yeah it's not before but, the echo but like it does just like it just has the the curtain tile from Zelda two, you know, and, and, and it like, we'll cover a room with those. Right. Um, and I don't know how you feel about that. No, that's fine. I mean, it's it, it like, you know, I am error. Like if a guy says I am error, <laughs> that is the thing that I would object to. I don't. Yeah. There's nothing like that. There's no quad force or by force or something. <laughs> oh God. Or that's bro a, force. Yeah. No, nothing like that. Yeah. It, it's enjoyable. I've, I've been I've been play, I've been liking that. What's it called again? Uh, Super Win the Game. Play anything, Kevin? Uh, I only played Good Fences. Right. Uh, which is just a sort of logic puzzler that. It's like somebody... a game by like a friend of a listener, right? Yeah. We learned about it in our forums. I like I like the game quite a bit, and I'm just frustrated by a little bit of the. Uh, software limitations where it crashes, um, which causes you to lose your current progress on a puzzle. How would you describe it in basic terms? You have a polygon uh, and you can spawn copies of that polygon and your job is to tile around the the, the base polygon um, so that you completely surround it with no air gaps. Um and you have that includes like corners and and whatnot and it starts off with relatively simple shapes and then gets to increasingly complicated ones i got to a point where they were like no longer rectilinear like they're angled shapes and stuff oh yeah and that's very interesting that yeah uh and so it's it's super neat uh but it's really hard so they so you there's the basic case where you just surround it there's the case where you have surrounded it with the with the minimum number of possible uh, polygons, and then there is the case where you have surrounded it with the most with the maximum number of po- polygons. Hmm. Uh, and I have I usually have the hardest time with the maximum number. Yeah. Um, although I, not I will always. often get the minimum by accident. The maximum is I don't know that I have solved more than one or two. Uh, yeah, it's surprisingly difficult. Uh, there's a couple, and the problem is that you'll you'll sit there and you'll you'll finally feel like you're getting close to maybe getting something, and the game will crash and you have to start over. So, and if you don't remember exactly how you had it laid out, you you lose that progress. Um, but it's a I I enjoy it, and I feel like I I heard that a patch was incoming to to deal with at least some of those crash issues. So is a this patch an to iOS fences for iOS yeah, iOS. Yep. Yeah. I think it was like two or three bucks. So. Well, does anyone have anything else to say before we talk about this assignment? Ojiman? Does anyone have anything to say about this assignment? Ojiman. This is not nearly as charming as Niko Atsume. Eh, I... Do you have any nostalgia at all for Pokemon? Zero. Yeah, I think me, that's, so that's I why. think that's where yeah. it falls flat for me. I, I've been... Like, I recognize most of the characters and... I feel like the game isn't good enough to sustain the joke, but I think I would enjoy looking at an 
imager gallery of these drawings. Uh, yeah, of like seeing what they all look like. That's sort of what's drawing me along is, well, firstly, having realized that it must eventually do all 151 of them because... I don't believe you i voltorb is number 30 and they're not in they're not in the original order in the pokedex or og decks are there does it go beyond 31 uh yeah i'm up to 40 odd and oh, i've Jesus. started getting okay. ones like sandshrew and and spiro that if they were not going to do all of them they wouldn't have picked these c-list guys that nobody cares about right and, and How, what what at what pace are you getting them at, at now that you're in the 40s? Uh, I'd say I get I get a new guy approximately every day if you count leveling a guy up until he uh, evolves. Evolves, yeah. Yeah, that's that's new art that counts. Yeah. Do they evolve twice? It, it it's different for different guys. Like the three starter Pokemon's evolve three times, but. Uh, there's some others that only evolve once. Okay. Or so, well, they evolve twice, and the other ones evolve once. Three, so three guys, and two guys. There are a lot of things in this game that look like they might be secrets, but I never figured out how to do anything with them. Mm-hmm. The things in the corners. Like the, the, the face yeah, things in, in the, the corners, top right corner. And, and, the, and the, like uh, the, the, the G-Man yeah, Pikachu yeah, in the basement. I'm real curious about him. He, he showed up fairly recently for me i was i i thought at first it was just something that knew they added in a patch but then somebody oh, in yeah. the forums mentioned him suddenly appearing for them and they had started playing since the patch so i don't know and yeah there's just that and uh every now and then you'll suddenly just dis- suddenly acquire a rare guy out of nowhere that you had not been notified was available on that level and, right. Yep. And just, there's some there's some interesting little things that they did with the math, like not like when you go to upgrade pickaxes, it's not the same value proposition for each guy. Like right. I had like three guys that were all sitting on level eight and needed uh like thirteen or hundred and thirty billion each to to graduate to the next level, but that would have provided a drastically different amount of DPS bonus for each one of them. Boy, I'll tell you what was confusing was the fact that that symbol, oh, which I imagined was K, actually oh, meant 10K. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the next one, that's and a, and that the next is one real... is a hundred is a hundred billion. <laughs> <laughs> why do they? Why the, the do Japanese? They not do that? I guess group them, group their high high level numbers by four instead of three. But then, then. Put the commas yeah. there or something. Yep. God. Like, oh. I mean, I guess that makes sense if you're working like the num- like yen are extremely high numbers, right? So you're just used to dealing with currency sure. in yeah tens I don't know of if, thousands. I don't know if that was always the case though. Like I, 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 I it's wonder been the case since like video game number shorthand has sure. Yeah, but. But I wonder, like, if that number uh, suffix predates that. I don't know. Oh, like that that originated from how many bushels of rice the the emperor could keep in his garage or something? (laughs) Right. Grains of rice. Garage. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, you know, he has to keep his his chair somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know that there's much to say about this. It's yeah. A- I mean, I I was kind of surprised that you guys were were up for playing it for an assignment. But- <laughs> well, I was busy and I wanted an assignment I wouldn't have to pay a lot of attention to, and uh, I didn't. Exactly. Speaking of which, what are we, we doing this time, We were going to talk about clickers in general. Oh, I that's true. That. Oh, we yeah. were, yeah. I have played a fair number of them at this point, and I don't know why some of them are more compelling than others. So, I, Nico, to me, you would say is of this ilk, but... It's a waiter different. more than a yeah, clicker. Yeah, you don't really I, have I don't any think... active interactions. But okay. it feels no, much... There are no upgrades in, in Neko Atsume. The, well, there are. You can yeah. you get the interior to the house uh, yeah, and guess, stuff. I guess like getting really good furniture it will increase your I mean, in, in, income rate. There are... I mean, they do... I don't know that it's a... Is there like a meaningful... Like I... I Neko Atsume was at least a thing where I could develop superstitions about things. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? This didn't feel like there was anything equivalent to that. Like, the fact that you're given some currency and then a list of, like, 60 or 80 things that you can buy made Niko Atsume much more charming to me than this, which is just... This is just... Just watching the numbers. Yeah, just and get new guys, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like one thing that made Adventure Capitalist much more compelling than this is that Adventure Capitalist... You go through phases where you are buying a bunch of stuff at once, and then th- and then phases where you're just waiting for a while. Right. And those those bursts of making a lot of progress all at once are what you're waiting for when you're waiting. Did you stick with that? Are you still playing that? Uh, yes, but that means like I'm looking at it and tapping some buttons every couple of days. It's like 15 okay. seconds, not counting the time it takes to load. So um, I let it, mine sit for about three weeks and went back to it and made a bunch of progress then, but then, but now I'm kind of excited about letting it sit for a month and then going back to it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like super long-term clicker interacting. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure that like once you get to the moon or whatever it is, the yeah. space station, um, I'm not sure it's ever going to like, I, I, I have not since doing that, gotten to one of the clusters of purchases. Okay. And I'm not sure it'll ever get there. It might be uh, all waiting from now on. I like these games when there are things to discover. I like these games when there are secrets, when there are unexpected things that pop up, when there are new systems revealed, when all they are is numbers get bigger and upgrades are multipliers on numbers getting bigger you know what was cool was christmas clicker entirely because it had that little mini game where you were trying to come up with as many christmas words as you could (laughs) and then you could sit around with the guys in your office trying to think of christmas words that the other guys hadn't thought of i still feel like like none of them have been better than candy box even candy box Box was the epitome of like Uh, i I don't know that i felt like new weird shit coming up than candy box Dark was it a dark room? A dark room was yeah, good. I couldn't get into that one. That uh, really? having the map was super neat. Yeah, it became a weird little rogue-like like roguelike that was fueled by your clickingers, clickerings, clickerings. Pifford clickover, <laughs> like that Clifford pickover. Yeah, guy well, yeah. Who writes those books. <laughs> yeah. 
Wilford Brimley. Yeah. Well, what's our next assignment, Jim? Uh, we're going to do Sonic Dream Collection, which is a... Uh, in the in the fiction of the game, it's a um, anthology of canceled and then leaked um, Dreamcast games starring the Sonic cast. Hmm. Uh, it's by Arcane Kids, the people who made Bubsy 3D visits the James Turrell retrospective. So that should be very Different strange. <laughs> yeah, an experience. Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail for our listener's mail segment that we do in every single episode, how would they do that? Uh, the best way would be to go to our website, videogameshotdog.com, and fill out our web form. That is where we get literally all of them. Well, all right, then. We st- have we just stopped getting them on our Twitter and emails? I get emails every once in a while, but I just ignore them. <laughs> ah, well, then I'll stop promoting them. What about all the poor people who are listening to the archives and we mentioned that every show up until like eight ago or something and we need to just go edit them all out of the oh, archives. Yeah. We could uh, just start reading some emails every once in a while. Okay. We could put a button on the Gmail. We could install a Chrome plugin that would let us drop messages from our Gmail into our uh, internal question database. That's a good idea. You guys have had such a good time recording this episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And until you do, keep your ear in the garbage can and keep sharpening the garbage can. Mm, that How dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Good night. Good night. Have a great week, everybody. Is it love under law, love, love, will, will? <laughs> 